Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Really then, interesting take. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Yeah, I guess that. Uh, I guess that's true. She don't fuck about. Mm -mm. Yeah. No shot. No warm ups. <laughs> just. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> straight hits. No lube. Just straight into the ass. All right. No. No foreplay. Ain't nobody got time for that. <sighs> Best thirty seconds of your life, bro. Hmm. Less sometimes. Yeah, well, good for you. All right. <laughs> We're live. User. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody. That's the top podcast. Uh, welcome in, everyone. And now uh, featured again for the third time, we got co-host, uh, fucking Aubrey. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And, uh, the third guest we got here, uh, no-named, fucking, um, Aubrey's girlfriend. Hi, happy to be here. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess roll the, roll the intro music. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for coming back. And uh, we're thrilled to have you on, uh, Aubrey's girlfriend. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I've heard, heard a lot about this. So. Uh, have you actually listened to the show at all? I or? listened to the first one. Oh, wow. Okay. So she actually is... I listened all the way through until the very, very end. Wow. Do you remember what was at the end? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. hey, uh, how many times a week do you masturbate? Jerk off. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, How many times a week you jerk off? Uh, I don't know. Uh, twice a week. Twice a week? Those are rookie numbers. You got to get those up. You got to give the geese the gander. Yeah. I have literally seen people split their differential, keel over, and, and worse. I've seen this implode. Do you uh, want to implode? Uh, no, no, I don't want to do that. Okay, so wait, I, I believe... <laughs> yeah, anyway, riff on that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 straight off of that. End, and the, the, one of the things I said was, oh, you know, like once a day... I, I, when, when, the when the girlfriend's gone? When the girlfriend's gone. <laughs> oh, well... And I, that's literally the last couple seconds of the podcast. So I was like... Because you didn't think I was going to listen to it, let alone... Listen to the, the whole, whole thing. thing and yeah. call you out at the very end. Okay, but like real shit, uh, have you not seen that movie? No, I've seen that movie. Oh, okay. You've seen The Wolf? Yeah. I thought that was one of the couple films that you'd been talking about wanting to show her. I know I've seen that one. Oh, when did you watch The Wolf? Like, a couple years ago. What? Okay, alright, well, good, good, good. I mean, like, I, I, I kind of like it, like, it's... I'd be down to watch it again. The first hour of now it is, Now that I feel like, like I understand what's going on now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the first half of that movie is unbelievably good. Second half, so depressing. Gets I a read little, his book, it too. It drags itself out. You read Jordan Belfort's book? Yeah. I wow. have it at my house. Do you want it? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 
No, I was like, this was like my summer read when I think I was like 18. I was like sitting outside on the patio with a drink under my umbrella. Just I mean, that movie is like Wall Street. every corporate hopeful's wet dream. So, well, well that's minus where I was at. the getting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's still where I'm at. Because she thought she, fraud you know, thing. to be fair, she thought she was going to go finance to begin with. So, yeah. oh, so she was like a finance bro in the making. Yeah, I always said I'm going to be like the Wolf of Wall Street, but richer because I won't do drugs. But now you're the person who catches the Wolf of Wall Street, if I understand it correctly. That is correct. So how did you go from wanting to commit tax fraud to looking tax. for tax fraud? <laughs> um, I got weeded out in the finance class and he bitches at me for it. Wait, meaning like? Meaning like I took, I was always going to do finance, took my first upper division finance class, hated it. So yeah, I'm not also, doing this. Quick, weed it out. She got straight A's. She just didn't like it. <laughs> she just didn't like it. <laughs> weed out classes usually weed mean out, you failed like, out. <laughs> sorry. I mean, like, I dropped the major after that because I hated it. I was like, this is stupid. So you added accounting. Yes. Yeah, so one day I was easy like. Easy switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, very easy switch. But also, like, normally it's the reverse. It's the other way, where yeah. you start as accounting and realize it involves numbers and being lonely and working behind a desk with no friends and so people quit and move over to finance but that's like the same thing no it's not he talks to people way more than i do though yeah he like meets with people and like that's fun the jobs are relationships it's not yeah it's relationships with ulterior motives it's facts Hey, but, I mean, whoa. I felt accused. So, but that's like fucking fine. Like, whatever. Hey. Yeah, like I realize the only reason you're friends with me is because you hope someday I'll move my policy over to your investment firm. Only partially true. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like a plus. <laughs> Hit me with some corporate jargon right now, dude. I need to hear it. Speak sweet nothings into my well, ear. They just sent me a prospectus for my investment categories with my 401k okay so how about we put They're a pin in that in the S &P. and then circle back to it potentially tomorrow um obviously we'll see where it lands uh when it finally touches down but uh right now you know i think it's up in the air yeah up mm -hmm. in the air for sure yeah, you know i think i'd really like to broker a meeting between some professionals in the industry yeah let's just you know meld our minds and see what we come up with let's see if we can get some synergy going yeah i love synergy collaboration you know the whole nine. Oh, I think, uh, do you want me to get him? I think he's locked out. I think Bill got locked out. Oh, Bill. Bill is still in the hat. Well, he's not still in the house, but he's around the vicinity. Yeah. Sorry, everybody, for the interruption. Mm. I'm going to just pause for a sec. Bill is in the house and... <laughs> Yeah, that's your seat. Bro. Sit down, Bill. So, as you know, we got... Actually, do you want to do Bill's intro for no. this episode? It's too late. Okay, um, Aubrey's girlfriend, do Bill's intro. No. Can you, can you elaborate on that? You got it. Just just, bro, just, just yeah, count them yeah, in. Yeah. Just count them in like uh, we just added a new drum set. All right, we got a new person in the studio tonight for, uh, you know, the podcast. That's how it is. We got, we got a dang old bill. Pull that up a little closer, Bill. All right. Is that good? Oh, uh, yeah, give me some levels. 
Hello, 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 hello. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Come on now, Mike. Let me see them levels. Ah, you, you know, bring, oh, bring that so can up a little about. bit closer. Do you? Do you actually? I do. What just happened in the last like five minutes? Yeah, oh, you weren't gone very long. I know. I just had a conversation with my girlfriend. Ooh. Um, the mom? like current ex or side? No, like the girl we were just talking about. Mommy, bet, 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 mommy. And uh, Mama. basically, she's in her thirties. She has two kids. Um, and some natties. Yeah, and uh, natty trip D's, bro. Yeah, we were just we we. We wanted to, like, I was trying to figure out a plan to hang out, but she's just busy as fuck, so now I'm just, like, rethinking that whole situation. Now you're, now you're here with Wait, us. Wait, because she was busy her. once, you're, like, no, 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 for it's the not door. that she's busy once, but she literally has joint custody of her kids, and she sees them every other day. On top of that, she works. On top of that, she lives in Nampa. See, everything yeah. there sounded easily overcome and then you said she lives in nampa and i was like nah, no dude, pull out while you can no but like but the every yeah. other day yeah, yeah that's, that's tough. stupid that is tough yeah so i just I don't want to like i don't want to be over invested and then just catch those feels and just get my heart broken you know so so you're not gonna go back i'm just like i don't know i haven't made up my mind you're not going to slay another dragon? I, I don't know, dude. It's just not like it doesn't seem sustainable. That's the, my main point. So. Uh, but, I mean, were you ever looking for something super sustainable? Yeah, yes. I think that's what's throwing me. Yes, 100%. Wow. This is the first time I've ever met you. This is kind of fun. This wasn't just for fun. <laughs> I'm just diving right in. <laughs> yeah, this is my best friend of 13 years. Good shit. But yeah, we can we can move on now. I'm so I just sorry. Had to get that off my that's chest. tough. No, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough, and that's also just within what we were recording four hours ago. Yeah, we're doing a double Quite the turn today. of events. I know. Yeah, it literally went from I want to throw a ring on this bitch's finger and make her go for round two on children to fuck it. All right. I never said that. <laughs> it was definitely implied. Heavy implied. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? So she's a finance bro. Yeah. This okay. is Aubrey's girlfriend. Aubrey's girlfriend. Nice to meet you. I'm uh, not Nate a finance Bill. bro. What's her? Bill. What Nate is her Aubrey's real name? Aubrey's girlfriend. Aubrey's girlfriend. I know, but we need a her real. It's name. Aubrey's girlfriend. Okay, okay, okay. It's that's all I've got. That's all I've girlfriend. got going for me in this house. That and a finance degree. Wait, so girls don't. I didn't even get that. Girls don't get to be that's identified on this podcast. Told you, I got weeded out. <sighs> I know. No. Good. <laughs> just kidding. Did you just gas me? No. Okay. He didn't. Alright. Yeah, I didn't gaslight you. What were we talking about before he got back? I think we were talking about uh, the journey that Aubrey's girlfriend was on from Oh yeah. Finance Wait, to accounting. Did you guys meet in college or mm -hmm. I I don't know much about that whole so okay, first impression Excuse of me. Aubrey. Go. Mm. On the dating app, I don't remember. Oh shit, you were on the Which dating, dating app. Yes, we were hinge. we were rocking the hinge. All I know is that's that... where I met my girlfriend. No way. Well, well, that's where I met my last anymore, one too. But... So I'm like yeah. 50, <laughs> 50, 50. 
Um, no, you're still 0 for 2, but all right. Me? No. Okay. Wait, you haven't made it to the finish line yet. It hasn't been that long. I know. Okay. Which is weird because in my mind, you guys have been dating for like two years, but what? It's been How long have you been dating for? Three or four three months-ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you guys just no, like, like are comfortable around each other and so cool. I was like, just, damn, these guys the have been shit. around for a minute. Like, no, the first like, time I met you, I thought it was at least a year. I'm not going to lie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, hey, that's good. Yeah, you guys just seem natural. Together. I get those vibes, too. So. Whoa. Yeah. Um, uh, September? No, October is when we went on our first date. Kind of surprising that you don't know the exact date of that. We figured it out. He has it on his phone. Yeah. There's like two it, dates. I have to go back in the calendar and remember it, but. Because I don't really care. Yeah. I, don't, I don't give a fuck about that. I mean, B- Boise... Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, all pretty mid. So you found uh, keepers. Mm-hmm. I'll say that much. We did. We did good. But yeah, no, I don't remember my first impression. It was good enough that I like liked one of your pictures, and then you hit me up, and then it went from there. Yeah, she she hit me first. Yeah. Damn. Well, that's Damn. how. Wait, that's not Bumble. Okay. Wow, that's impressive. It's pretty rare for that to happen on Hinge, though. Usually, it's the really? guy liking the girls' pictures. In my experience, yeah. I always get the reverse. I get the reverse. I had like a stack. Not to guess go, you know, I, that's Morgan okay. right go now. Ahead. But I had like you a just stack. Outed me. I would go like a few weeks and then I'd be like, shit, I should clear this out. And then. Are you talking about like the messages or the likes? No, or like, yeah, like a couple chicks would like a photo or oh. something. I'd get a couple notifications. But like, I didn't want to be going on a date with like a hinge gal like every other day right so sounds like, expensive yeah because you go dutch usually, on first date or do you I, take it okay <laughs> to, okay this is really go showing ahead. my hand but um i would take usually press was like the first night dude that's where i took my first date too this is a great spot it's like here's this cocktail joint they probably have like it's very too. chill but it's, also yeah. it's very kind of easy to talk to walk in and have the bartender greet that's you like an old friend yeah. that's true yeah and then right which helps Ooh. So you're oh. more into you'd rather go get drinks over dinner. We you gotta do drinks to for for first date. You think so? Well, also either coffee or cocktails. You cannot take them out for dinner. Dinner. What if they, they suck in the first like five? minutes? You can't minutes. leave. There's no you, out. There's you are gonna be there for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, if you're out at drinks, you can sip it if it's Yo, a good date, or you crazy. can chug it if it's not. Yeah. I go. Oh, hey. You know. I'm glad we set this up. I actually have to run. I just, I only really had time for a drink, but, uh, you know, no, you're absolutely right. We should do this again. And then yeah. you fucking you've been doing you it never do this again. See, I've been doing, I've been doing, I did, I do dinner first and it's not like I just am like, mistake. Oh, whoever I think is hot, I'll take out. Like, no, there has to be like, we have to have a conversation and yada, yada. But it's funny you say that because there was this one girl that I just met up with off hinge like a week ago and we didn't really have a plan. Like we were just kind of like hanging out. I think we were going to, I was, I told her, I just like, I just got back to like the Airbnb I was at and I was trying to get food and I was like, I'm trying to get Chick-fil-A or Panera. And she was like, Oh, can I come with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Where, like, where's your address? I'll pick you up. Anyway, this girl literally like, she was like, I wouldn't even say she was boring. I would rather her be boring than how she actually was. She literally had the worst attitude ever. She was so fucking negative about everything. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, and it was just like, it was the type of thing where it was like, it wasn't situational. Like you could tell that this was like how she was. This is just person. how it is. Yeah. yeah. 
And that was like, oh my God, I've never met someone like that. And no, it was like so such a turn off. Deal with. Dude, Dude I, I, I met a chick like that where not, like you were saying, yeah. not boring, but just the first minute you walk in the door, she's like, oh, let me tell you about how shit my day yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constantly complaining and you're like, bitch, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Well, Dude, your problems aren't I'm mine fine. Like the first second I walk in. I'm fine with it when it's like a vent, you know, but that gets old at some point because it's just vent, vent, vent. And then as a dude, you're like, okay, there are clear solutions here. Can I give you some suggestions? And, and that's the not suggestions what are manageable. Like they're doable, but it's no, but they always just why, bitch I, can't, complain about why I can't solve that because they're almost happier to have something to complain yeah. about than to actually have solutions. Yeah. What was rough with this chick I went out with, this was like two years ago. And she just like every conversation that we had was mostly her crapping on her day. And talking about how she didn't enjoy most of her, like, work. She didn't like her coworkers. She didn't like her car. She didn't like this. And it was just like, okay. Like, we've gone out, what, four or five times? And every conversation has been, like, three hours of this. You can only imagine. Mm. I'm surprised you went for four or five days. That's a lot. But that's also, like, the first couple times could have been a fluke. So you're trying to see if it's a recurring I would honestly give it one time. And then after that, it's like, okay. But what I was going to say is I can only imagine what her conversations to her gal friends were about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that negative outlook doesn't Well, she stop. probably doesn't have very many friends yeah, with true. that outlook. True, so. true, true. Yeah. No, red, that, red yeah. flag, she did not have many girlfriends. That's a huge red flag. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know if you're tracking with this, but this is very ADHD. So I asked no, you I'm guys fine. how you met and first impressions... I didn't give you an answer either. Though. Yeah, I know. That's what I I'm saying. Because it ended up like going off in a different direction before you could. And, you know, I don't want to. All right. So we're back on that. Yeah. She what my hinge. first impression was? Yeah. Let's say, let's say like coffee. You walked not, into the room. Not your oh, first, first impression. Just like when we actually met. Well, you were dressed very nice. What'd you well, pull out? First impression what? is like in-person impression. Okay. Yeah. You... I think I wore slacks and a button-up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a like, good move. What the fuck? On, like, a Sunday. And it was awesome. I was like, Damn. this guy just come from church? Like, Wearing a Sunday yeah. vest. <laughs> oh, I did have my nice new shoes, too. Ooh, the brown ones? Yeah. You were, like, <laughs> dressed overly nice. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm fucking that's out no of key. my league. No, that's the funny thing is, like, I the more I've gotten to know Aubrey again, because obviously we knew each other in high school, but, like... It's a whole different I should have been to my first date in, like, a cashmere sweater with, like, a turtleneck and a long coat and, like, really nice slacks, like, for a first date, just going out to drinks and stuff. But I feel like Aubrey and I will take any excuse possible to dress well. Mm-hmm. So, respect. I'm just bestowing that at your feet. No, I see good. you, bro. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. Well, and it was like, we talked for like two hours. That's a good sign. That's a long time for a yeah, first like, time, like, coffee date. Yeah, like, I knocked out my coffee early, and I was just... Because you were like, oh, I need to have an out if this bitch is just, crazy. And I'm like, just... No, 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 no. I didn't... That's not why. I'm, I'm saying, like, after talking for 45 minutes, my coffee was empty. And, and I just you, remember holding the empty cup and being like... I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> yeah. I want to sit here and get talking. That brain is like, I don't... Because that's the thing. This it's is like, the cue that it's supposed to be over. It's so easy for an ADHD person to just like take a sip every couple seconds because it's almost like a pause. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Some people will drop, you know, like actual pauses or like 
kind of sit in a moment, but ADHD kids are like, what's my next stimulus? Okay, take a sip, take a sip, take a sip, take a sip. Yeah, I'd like drop a line and then I'd be like, (laughs) sip my empty cup. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. I do remember that. I probably picked up and tried to drink from that cup like four or five more times. What coffee shop did y'all go to? Big city. Big city. Big shitty. Dude, Dude, let's go. I used to work there. He like he knew everyone, oh, really? which was also a flex. Dude, yeah. yeah, you just you like premeditated all of this. I'm starting to realize <laughs> I went that you suggest or no, I did. I, yeah, I you suggested did. Big City. Yeah. Yeah, but like no, that's But Big that's City's the move. cheap and you, you can do. get food there that's also cheap and very mm-hmm. good, so I respect it. Yeah. Whereas you're like, okay, what's the most expensive restaurant in the area? <laughs> I don't do that. You totally did. You used to like take first dates out to Barbacoa. I did that twice. Twice. That was it. Fair. Yeah. Still and then I realized like the folly in my actions. so yeah. brutal. <laughs> yeah. That's such a financial commitment. Not, yeah. And then not also, even the time commitment. And also what I'm realizing now too is when you're talking about coffee dates or drink dates, I think it's important to like set the tone when you go on a first date and I don't think that going to like the fanciest restaurant is the tone I want to set. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, I don't want to like make them think that like, oh, he has money or like if, if it's a genuine connection, I want it to actually be like a real connection mm-hmm. and not about like anything Cause else. you're at this cool place. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of, that's what I realized about that. So that's, I stopped doing that, but well, that's why I thought like press hits that sweet spot of like, you're going for drinks. So you're going to plan it for like after dinner. Mm-hmm. So you're not worried about like, Oh, like Gotta feed I, this fuck, ch- I should have bought a meal for her. Like this is weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's also nicer than coffee. Yeah. And it's unique. It's a bar that they probably haven't been to. So it's, then, a pretty, it's a, it's a high end feel too. Press and pony, by the way, downtown on Capitol and Idaho street. Yeah, plug the them. best the best a cocktail can be in Boise. I agree. Better than any of the other speakeasies downtown. Namely Gatsby, fuck you. And also Thickest Thieves is not quite the same. Gatsby charges for water. Yeah, Gatsby's Gatsby? pinch as fuck. It's a dumb place. Is it off sixth? No, it's it... right next to Prost. It's in the alley in the back and oh, it has the green really? light. Yeah. yeah, it's on the alley between okay. 8th Street and Capitol. Okay, okay. But yeah, like they Gatsby and Thick as Thieves both have like the ambiance perfect. Like mm. I'd say they win in that tier, but when it comes to actual quality of service and drinks and like actual speakeasy historical knowledge, you cannot beat Press and Pony. Mm-mm. I do wish they had a hidden entrance. Honestly, to me, it would make more sense if they were in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Devil's Den should definitely be like the the main bar that people are attracted to. I well, think. we're getting to be that. We're so. But I'm saying they should take be... Press and Pony's place. I feel like because they're more they're more user friendly. I feel like. Yeah, I think the only reason we're downstairs is because we have a kitchen downstairs. Yeah, that's and sense. we have more seating. So yeah. But no, that's I I'm I'm with you there. It's a great great place for a first date. That was our second date, I think. We were there for like five hours that time too. Yeah, yeah, that was second yeah. date. That's how you know it's good though. Like that's well, one of the things. We were things... like shooting the shit with his friend and stuff, and that was fun. Oh, Julian. Mm-hmm. Julian. And it was uh, it was like a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, so it was shut, we shut quiet. it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kept him there. He could have closed at like ten, but you kept well, him no, there. Well, no, and then afterwards you were like, 
do you want to go to pie hole? And I like, was like, like I kind of no, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time I would go with Jonah after he closed and like grab a slice. That was like our thing. Yeah, no, I mean any bartender. That's literally the whole entire practice right there. Julian, yeah, go with Julian. Grab oh, a was slice. that what we used the notepad for? Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, wait. <laughs> but yeah, no. <clears throat> pie hole is like the only restaurant open downtown. They're like until four. Four in the morning. So like you Damn. get off your shift at the bar. It's the only place That's you can idea. eat. But thank God you can eat. Because even Los Betos. You can go to Del Taco. I'm good. Until four. I'm good on that. <laughs> the only thing I like from Del Taco is their uh, strawberry um, Sprite. Sprite. Oh my God. Oh, That's just yeah. so good. But yeah. That's cool though. I, I love when you go on a date and like you blink and it's like 15 hours have passed by. Okay, wait. So besides, besides, oh, he dressed well. What else? First impression. That we could talk for that long and I didn't get bored of you. Mm. Like just very big, like, yeah. Apparently that's like a big problem with guys. Our age. Well, like I didn't, I was never looking at the <laughs> time. Boring. I was never like, oh my God, I have somewhere to be. But you had yeah. to like take an exam, a pra- practice exam. So I was like, I feel like it's been like a long time. I'm like, you should probably like because you have something to do <laughs> but i remember i we walked out you to walked to my car and you like hugged me and you were like we got talking okay i think i should go <laughs> yeah like, well, okay we, <laughs> we went out and we like kind of said our goodbyes and then we kept talking and then i was just like fuck like i still want to hang out but like yeah. i should go i, I, I would have go. gone to press right then yeah if you had asked but you had things to do yeah. And I didn't want to push it, you know? What like what if it I didn't want to push what it if we fucking ruined so, it? We both That's another down. thing. The first date, you always strategically have to leave something desired. I think I think it was a good decision to just kind of like go, let's step back and let's ruminate. Like let's mm-hmm. Yeah, let's uh, then I left. marinate a little bit in these juices. I went to Seattle for a couple <laughs> days and then I came back and then we hung out again. Mhm. Yeah. It is funny cuz there's some interesting parallels with my girlfriend and you guys because literally we got press and pony first date and then i left for san francisco for like a week Mm -hmm. and then came back didn't you know just fun yeah funny things i think you might you guys might be onto something there no the first and second date and then just Uh waiting it out no low-key we've never been on a dinner date Really? No. Wait, no, that can't be right. No, it's right. No, because it's like, I, I'll tell her, like, hey, I'm going to cook for you or something. Well, I don't want, like, I, I don't it, care it to do that. It depends on, like, if you're, if you're, like, you like going out to eat as a person just to begin with, you know? Like, I'll do happy hour with my parents a lot, but, like, I'm very content, like, hanging out here and making dinner together. I'd say that. Rather that's than, a dinner like, date, I would say. No, that counts. We've never been it's out a, to dinner together. Yeah. Yeah, we did, like, make what was it it was shrimp alfredo or something mm-hmm. like an early yeah early time that we'd both been hanging out here and like i bought her a pumpkin when she came here we carved pumpkins and shit and <laughs> damn so some like holy shit we, we did a, shit. a gingerbread house and then the You're dog the ate master. it one of the more recent master ones we went out to <laughs> the notepad is now for taking notes yeah it was kind of a pumpkin carve a hole put your dick in it it was october right so it's like what's Not a good that. idea no, for yeah. like how do you get the girl here and have something to do you're and fucking thinking bro holy I was shit like, pumpkins dude i was coming over anyway 
place without the pumpkins. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like that's good. It's like, it was like oh, we have this an activity. guy's thinking about the seasons. He's like actually fucking planning a little bit. This guy knows when Halloween yeah. is. Hot. Yeah. It's so hot. <laughs> dude, some fucking, dude, I swear to God, some fuckers though, they no, some actually are like can't retarded, plan dude. like yeah. that day. Yeah. For sure. You Wait. talk to them and you're like, hey, let's set this up. And they're like, okay. I'm like, hey, does Thursday work? They're like, yeah. Because they have no idea what's happening Thursday. And then Thursday comes around and they text you that day and they go, Oh, fuck. Hey, it's my son's birthday. It's my son's birthday, dude. That was you an excuse forgot? that a friend, a client I was just talking to actually had. I was like, are you like, what? You're talking about like a girl. No, no, that. no. This guy, this oh, guy okay, was playing okay, me okay. with like have lunch and he was like a potential client. And I'm yeah. like, dude, what? How do you forget, do you forget it's your, your son's kid's birthday? birthday. Like, how do you not plan that four days in advance? It actually is, like, pretty believable. I feel like a lot of people would forget that. Like Shit like that, I'm going to have in my calendar. No, I, I feel just... like you would have forget that. He's not going to forget that. I wouldn't. I definitely would not. Okay. But I'm just, just saying people our age, like, who have kids, I think that they're... That, that seems like a reasonable thing for them nah, to forget. Dude, this dude's, like, 33. <sighs> yeah, that changes no it all. No excuse there, bro. There's some, there's some people out there. You know, there are indeed. <laughs> There's some people populating this earth, <laughs> dude. Honestly, every time I drive down State Street to work downtown, I think it's a simulation. Cause I kid you not, if I'm on the way to work, I hit every single fucking light mm-hmm. the whole way, and the drivers be acting ignorant. We're in a simulation. That is one topic I wanted to discuss before we ended it. We're in a simulation. We've got to be. I think we're in God's simulation. He's just playing us like Red Dead Redemption and we're all NPCs (laughs) just just waiting to get blown away. (laughs) Yeah, Rockstar drops the trailer. Haha, turns out, joke's on you. You guys are already in (laughs) Grand Theft Auto V. Hey, hey, wait. Before before we move on, because I, I like this topic too. <laughs> I was gonna give you my my first impression. Oh Jesus! Oh, this will be this will yeah. Be let's exciting. do it. This will be juicy. Yeah, rip her apart. Yeah, man. this better be good. <laughs> I'll say I remember this from coffee and being like, I, I think I even went to press like between. Yeah, oh, I definitely went to press before. You went. You we went, went and our date. And yeah, I was telling him about it, and I was like, dude, dude, this chick. I don't know what it is. I'm like kind of excited. And I had like this f- stupid shitting grin on my face, and oh, even I've seen that. that. I was like, or fucking Julian. Julian's like a dog. I think I think this could be exciting. He's like, I've never seen you this excited there, Aubrey. And I'm like, yeah, Aubrey. <laughs> I think this could be good. And I was like, I remember telling him a couple things that I took away from coffee. One of them was. I don't know how it came up, but I was like, what comedians are you, are you into like stand up and shit? You, yeah, you asked me that one question. Yeah. That's I a think, good question. I think because she had said something that there was a like very applicable Bill Burr bit. Oh, I was literally about to say, did she like Bill Burr? Well, okay. And I, was, to, I was about to drop a, that Did y'all see him in Nampa? Yeah. You did? Did you? Yeah. He's going to get there. Okay, okay. okay. Go, okay. Go, Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking relax. Relax. <laughs> yeah. You just said Bill Burr and I just was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just went into like goblin mode. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that was the thing. I was like, 
He's my absolute favorite. I listen to his Monday morning podcast, all that shit. So, um, we're, oh yeah, we go to the coffee and I'm, I don't know. She said something and I was just like, oh my God, it reminds me of this Bill Burr joke. So before I like just say it, I'm like, fuck her. Like, do you, are you into stand up at all? Like, do you, what do you think of that? And before I say some offensive shit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me see if you like Bill Burr. Yeah. And she goes, I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of stand up, but I do like Bill Burr. <sighs> And I was like, "Yeah, that's a keeper." Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I actually like was ready to shit my pants <laughs> right when that happened. I, even, I think I told you. I was like, "You were like, no fucking way." Get the fuck out like... of here. There's no way. So yeah, like, I don't know. The conversation was flowing. The other thing too was like, she had a job in Seattle but worked remotely down here, which is and exactly what like, you do, huh? Yeah. Interesting parallel Synchronicity. Yeah. Synchronicity. Synergy. Synergy. I mean, that's why we're going to be able to drive up to Seattle together. The vibes are immaculate. Damn. And our boss is going to take us out to dinner. So Your boss. My boss. That'll be your first dinner date. Ooh. Ooh. It's kind of fun. Ooh. You're not going to have to pay. Look at you. Yeah. yeah. Look how you work that out. <laughs> Cheap as chips. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good way to be. Hey, sometimes... Was that it? I liked Bill Burr. You liked Bill Burr. You'd be surprised the things that actually stick with males. Like, you're planning yeah. how you look, how you dress. Males are like, she likes fucking Bill Burr. That's wife right there. Yeah. I mean, if you have standards, then yeah, that's wife. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I mean, bro. Well, and my thought was this, right? Like, Bill's my favorite comedian ever. And then I listen to his podcast constantly. My best friend is... From like uh, we went to college together. Now he's like over on the East Coast. He is his favorite comedian, easily Bill Burr, and like he and I are like two of the same people in different bodies. Like we'll finish each other's sentences at times. Like it's fucking scary. And so when the, I don't know, you just meet this chick and she's also just like, oh, I'm into Bill Burr. I I don't know something about it where no other comedians just Bill. I was like, okay. That's in, that means she's into a certain kind of humor, which, which like, fits the vibe. Which <laughs> also means she has a certain type of personality that's probably that, compatible yeah. with yours if you like Bill Burr as well. Yeah, not easily offended. Yeah. That was funny, though. You went to the show, right? Well, that was yeah. the thing. I literally, I brought that up when we were getting coffee. Because like, you said he was like, oh, he's coming here. And I was like, no fucking way. Like, I'd actually pay to go see him. Yeah. And so we both go, we should go. And then like, we both go. Wait, like, I, just, I don't know you. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. That was maybe. that was what November, yeah. or December. November. November eighth, I, I think. But you went. No, right? December eighth. December eighth. Yeah, December. 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 We had a row of like ten women in front of us. Oh, did you go too? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. We learned about it like two hours prior. We were up at Boba we skiing. Oh. skiing. And then I was like, alright, bought the tickets, came down the mountain, went straight to the nice. show. But. Literally, there was a row of, like, ten women in front of us, and they all kind of struck me as, like, pick-me girls who were there to kind of... Like, how old? Like, like 35, oh, like, okay. soccer moms. Yeah, 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 okay. But they, yeah. they were all trying to, like... But they were <laughs> clearly single. Exactly. <laughs> like, because, like, there were guys 
in their row that they came with, but all the girls were sitting together, all the guys were sitting mm. together. It was kind of like... It was a group thing. Yeah, it was kind of... they were not having a good time. But literally, like, the whole time he was making fun of men, they were laughing their asses off. The second he started making jokes about women, they all shut the fuck up. The and started, that's, did, that's so once, annoying. Yeah, once he did that bit with where he was like, my, yeah, my wife was going crazy when I was on the phone with my friend or whatever, and, you know, just, like, wife problems. And literally, <laughs> and just sitting all there. of them, every time... Bill and I would laugh. They'd like turn around and look at us with disgust. Where like, do they think they fucking are? Yeah, no, for real. Like, yeah. where do you think you are? They didn't. They didn't know they were in the presence of greatness. Yeah, jeez. I like yeah. almost like peed my pants when he came out. I was like, this is the most famous guy yeah. that I've seen in also, so long. I like comedians that make you me. like laugh at yourself too. It's yeah. not just like, oh, let me laugh at this one specific group of people or some shit. Like, no, he like jokes. He roasts himself the whole time while he's up there too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, that's, that's humor, in my opinion. Like, well, that's funny. when you're laughing at jokes that are basically making fun of you as the listener, that's when you know it's good comedy, because you feel challenged, but also you realize how absurd you are. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Damn. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of jealous of y'all. Woo! You did it. <laughs> Got He's, me a good one. Yeah. No. Good shit. Um... But yeah, back to the simulation. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't think the simulation likes me. Because <laughs> you can't get a damn apartment? Yeah. Do you have any other proof? Nope, that's it. Oh, Everything hold on. Let me, let me brag real quick a little more. All right. Yeah, keep going. Go on. All right. All right. Gas so, it up. So first date, like, if I'm a finance guy, what's a perfect match for that? It's like, a chick who at least understands it and maybe isn't like also a finance person so she's accounting so that's like boom big win and not only accounting she's big for accounting so top of the game big time public accountant like that's as far as you get CPA. she just gotten her cpa so there was that too and you were about to get your series seven i was they just start about to with get an s Ooh, so that was the opening it's a C. speaking no, of no, but an s syllable an s yeah, cpa Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell series what seven. The opening hinge line was after oh. after no, she liked my I photo. I want you to tell them what I want. All right, I have, God. This and this is, is this is her opening, correct? No, 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 no. I she, liked the picture. Oh, okay, he okay. sent me. She liked my this. photo, and I sat there and was like, "All right, let me look at this little profile here." So I, <laughs> this little profile right yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta go check this shit out. Check this film. Yeah, so I'm scrolling through and I see like, all right, it says Wazoo. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I went to school in Seattle. And I was in the UW ROTC program. Okay, so Wazoo's UW. No. Wazoo is That's Washington State, Washington right? State. That's what I thought. Yeah. University of Washington is UW. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they're rivals. Every year, they play the Apple Cup around Thanksgiving. And it's always a big, big, big thing. And so I was like, okay, well, fuck. Like, here's... here's so let's get a little school rivalry in here. So I'm like, all right, what happens when a Husky finds a Cougar? Oh. And then I was like... Not just any husky, a husky with a series seven <laughs> and a cougar with a CPA. I was like, what happens there? And uh, what was your response? I don't fucking know. I think you said early retirement. And I was like, 
Sorry, I would say that. <laughs> I was like, oh, this bitch speaks my language. This is good. <laughs> this bitch can oh my catch God. my seed. That's what he said. That's so incredible. A Dude, love story for ages. Wait, are you yeah. older than him? No. No? Yes. Yes? By like a day. Okay, but like, you're older than him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a yes or no question. Why did you say no like well, that? What the fuck? Uh, I feel like you were right, just trying over. to see if the cougar line actually like was accurate in. No, some he sort said of way. coug as in like our mascot. No, no, I get that, but no, also but like double, double entendre. entendre. Yeah, that's a big ass word. Oh, right. it's not like they put your birthday on there. Yeah, they I do. Mean, we weren't can. we weren't a different age. One of the age. prompts I literally list out my exact birthday. Oh, I think it just like and my social security. Don't. <laughs> and his credit card number and with the name of his dog and his mom's maiden name. Oh my god. Do you have anything else? Oh, okay. There was that. <laughs> then there was. Okay, so she's a chick. She's like an accounting student, and I knew the accounting students at my school were kind of fucking lame. So I was like, uh Stereotype kind of holes. We'll see but. how this goes. And then, then she's like, Continue. "Oh, I was also a sorority." And I was like, "Oh, you were in a sorority? That's that's fun." No, that's I was the sorority. Shocking. And then, no, I was the president. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Jesus Christ!" Like, okay, uh, what are we repping? Try doubt. What do we got? Cap Delta. Cap Delta. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Cap to me, bro. <laughs> you even check those bona fides? Is that a real thing? Hmm. What uh? What charities did you support on a yearly? Uh, yearly Prevent history? Child Abuse America and okay. Girl Scouts of the USA. Interesting. And uh-huh. how did you support them? Did you buy like fourteen million boxes of Thin Mints or? How no, we, we would put on service events where we would like actually hang out with them and mentor them. So that was more like time spent. Sorry, I'm like gotcha. getting my recruitment pitch now. No, you got me good. started. It's just weird for me to think about sorority girls being anywhere near innocent girls i mean but that's the thing is if you're the president of the sorority that's like you're like managing a business but also you're like of. the president of all the hoes people think that you're like head yeah. like head hoe but so no, when i would like say it. that they're like oh my god you're like the worst but I'm no like, you have to be like responsible like you actually yeah. have to be like on Unless your shit you're running a fraternity then it's like yeah keg stands for cancer <laughs> Oh no, even even for fraternities, like if you're the president, like you you got shit to do. Yeah, yeah. you're the safety officer. That guy doesn't party at all. Yeah, I was that too. I was that before. Yeah, granted, at uh, this time I was like, well, okay, even if you're the president, though, like you still know how to get down. Oh yeah. So I was like, or you okay, at least witness people getting down. She's not just a okay boring. Yeah, she's not like the boring accounting students at my band kid SPU school. <laughs> so I was like, this is this could be good. Do you guys like talk dirty numbers? Oh, in the no. bedroom, high like, frequency shit, mustard shit. Yeah, high above the shit. shit. Acidic shit. <laughs> we do not. So it's not like oh we. Like yeah yeah. Let's you should try that. I think that might spice numbers. Up. Yeah, that might spice I it feel up. like it w- if it was going to be good, it would have just like come to me already. It'd be like too funny. It. It would, like, you know what I mean? I feel like if it was meant to happen, it would have yeah, been tried it by now. Trying with that kind of shit. your 1099s yet. <laughs> <laughs> you bet I did. You bet I did. Are oh, you getting yeah. that full 401k match? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to explode. Oh, my God. I'm getting ready for a withdrawal. <laughs> These sperm are gonna need severance packages! Oh! <laughs>
Wow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why. Good. No, I actually, I've made this joke before. <coughs> like, we're pretty much going to be your most boring dinner party ever. Because if you ask like either of us about interesting work, for our job. Well, I don't talk about my job, though, because it's not no, cool. Yeah, this is as much as I know about how her job works. She goes, my number's added up. And I went, good. Huh? That's he's like, he's like, how's your day? I'm like, oh, my number's added up. He's like, great. I'm yeah. kind of and disappointed, though. No, I did ask you to help me commit tax fraud, and you said mm-hmm. uh, you were legally unable to. Yeah, What kind of that. bullshit is that? Morally obligated not to. Yeah. But I was like, under the table, question mark? And she said no. So she's not a ride or die. I'm not. I can't. Well, I you're can't also lie. not her boyfriend. Well, I can't. I can't lie. Yeah, but that's right. When you're married, you have um, spousal immunity. So we if, can commit tax fraud. If Aubrey wanted to commit tax fraud, would you help him? No. Once we're married? Once you're married. No. But does it but you don't have to test it. You can't testify against me. You can't convict I've me. I've actually heard like, that that's kind of a myth. Uh, I mean, if, okay, so you can if you, if you when you get spouse. your job and you sign you the can, papers and all that, you, don't you have a contractual have obligation to, like, if they think something's up and they audit you, you have to, like, be, like, honest with them and tell them what's going on, right? So I don't, I feel like that would trump the spousal shit, to be honest. That's definitely been, like, tried before, for sure. They can't be forced to testify. Because we, we have shit yeah. with, like, the SEC and, like, the IRS. Like, we're locked down hard on that yeah. stuff. No, the regulatory bodies, they, I mean, they would find a way to convict you. That's they don't saying. need your yeah. spousal testimony. Right. But so you're I not think- immune. <laughs> You're not. No, you're not immune. <laughs> yes, but I'm just someone saying. who looks for tax fraud, she could probably help you commit tax fraud. That is true. But she never would. I'm not going to. No, but, but that, we, you, that is a correct. We're statement. trying to be above board. A what? I'm trying to be above board. Why are you board? guys winking at each other that much? That's weird. You're like, we're not. They don't know. We, I, you I don't know tax how to fraud. wink, so are it's not winking? me. <laughs> <laughs> she winked. Might, might actually commit tax fraud. I think she does. She's averting her gaze a lot. No. Okay. I don't even do tax. That's not even what I do. Oh. That's a, that's, that's a lame. So we've just been like wasting our breath this whole time. Yeah. Well, I did Talking like. Taxes. It's a little bit of both. That's honestly on our. That's like on our end though, because that shows how uneducated we are when it comes to accounting. We just think accounting means. Taxes. I took accounting one and two. That's it. And you still think it's about taxes? Well, it has to do with taxes, but. But there's other there's other avenues of accounting. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so what do you do exactly? So I'm an auditor. So I audit like one of our clients is Alaska Airlines. Okay. So we check all of their numbers as of the end of the year before they file all their shit with the SEC. So we come in as like independent people saying like, yeah, we checked all your stuff. It checks out. You can rely upon these numbers. Basically. So, do they section off what you have to look at, or are you literally looking at their entire books? For I have everything. That's I absurd. have like bank statements of all these people, bank account numbers, like everything. Wow. How long does it take to do like a single client? That sounds like months of work. Well, that's why we work 80 hour weeks this time of the year. Fair. Like, my girlfriend, she, I can tell you that this is all like public knowledge. She um, works on Warehouser and they, filed like last week <sighs> and they went like balls to the walls for like five weeks jesus like 80 hour weeks mm. to get it done because like they have like Did filing deadlines and stuff no it's salary for sure right uh-huh. okay yeah but salary does and can get overtime we do not that's fucked i know 
The interns do. Does it matter what, like, is it a firm that you work at? Mm-hmm. So does it matter what firm you work at to get no. overtime or does it matter your None position? None of them will give you overtime. Really? Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. No, that's so just how it is. So theoretic- Oh, well, I guess probably wouldn't look good on performance reviews, but is that more of a de facto thing? Because, like, legally they can't expect you to work overtime without compensation. They give us overtime meals if we work more than 10 hours. Do you get bonus at the end of the year? Yes, but it's not based at all, like, on your overtime. Interesting. It's based on, like, your contributions throughout the year, so it's, like... But that's what I mean, is in some way they're incentivizing those 80-hour weeks because if you worked 80-hour weeks all year, you would be ultra-productive. Right. Thus, you would get a bigger bonus. My girlfriend, she works, like, on a regular basis, she works 50-hour weeks, and I don't do that. Yeah. But she tries harder than me. Yeah. And that's fine. (laughs) And I just let that be, because I don't care enough to do that yeah a lot of folks also they're trying to prove themselves and get on the partner track and stuff yeah yeah i'm not doing that i am actually just put in for the phd that's true so may not even be working at kpmg more than what right that four months (laughs) yeah this could be the end of kp so you're just going back to school? Me? You? Yeah, me. Damn. Yeah. Remember earlier today when we were talking about women who out earn their men and oh yeah, so I was discontent. totally indicting myself. Yeah. Okay. What'd you say? Listen back to the last episode if you haven't already, folks. Right. Okay, but to summarize, women date across and up, men date across and down, and those are on spectrums of like. Education. That's fair. That adds up. That's not, yeah. Education, salary, height, all those things. Okay. So if you're out earning and out educated. Continue. <laughs> I could be it all I together could be now. <laughs> You could be what? He was basically be, just sucking his own dick when he was saying, oh yeah, when a girl is like, when she has a really, really good job, that's how you know you're a catch if she wants you. No, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. Because I could get fucking anyone right now. <laughs> I mean, no, I said that it's actually a leading your prime. It's a leading factor in divorce, though. I'm kidding. Oh, well, that's great. Is when women out earn and are out. That's on your end. The dude's okay with that. It's the females who get discontent. So it's up to you. If you want to divorce him because of that, I mean, you're three months in, but I'm saying that's kind of your prerogative. (laughs) Yeah, like if you're like, I need to. I feel like the wealth gap, like, it just, it depends how big, like, the disparity is. If you're making, if your girl's making 80K a year and you're making 30K or something, I can see that happening. If you're making 70K and she's making 80K, I feel like it's not a big deal. I personally don't care, but. But like just hypothetically, if we're talking about a girl who is discontent with her partner because she's making more. Yeah. It has to be a bigger gap than like 10K or some shit. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 But with a doctorate in. Accounting. Yeah, what what job opportunities does that open? You're a professor. Oh, so you want and to be a professor? And you're coming out like market is like 200K. Damn. And I said that I was a no way my accounting professor got 200K, bro. He was like the he probably worst got more, teacher bro. That was a private college. No, he was like the worst teacher we had. Like he was a well, nice I think guy. That, I he... think that's just what it, like that's what she said, that that's just like the market rate. I think even if you suck. Mm, like you get a PhD in accounting, you're gonna that's what you get. So that's what you wanna do is be a professor? Yes. Damn. I mean my teacher, she'd roll in, she had that Gucci belt, she had the 
Louboutins, red oh, bottoms. Are you yep. trying to be a professor? Or are you? What are you up to? I mean, advising is an interesting track because your salary compounds. Okay. So after your first year, you get a base salary based on all the residuals. So you're, you're an advisor. Um, but don't yeah. you also get commission on uh, client growth? Yes. Yeah, so your residuals increase along with the size of your clients' accounts. Okay. So it's like if you build up a practice of a hundred clients your first year, and you know that brought you in a certain amount of business, just paid out for moving that money over and putting more assets under management, then that's like maybe you made eighty k your first year, right? But now you have a base salary built in baked in basically that's going to earn you maybe 15,000 so if you did nothing in a year it wouldn't matter all of those clients are still going to earn you that 15,000 or something okay and then let's say you sign on another 100 clients because the average number of clients per advisor at the firm is like 630 but we have a lot of orphaned clients so like people who have only one policy or something and there's advisors who moved away and so that's like you'll get like my, I think my boss has like 600 or no, he has like 500 households. So that could mean like 600 people, but mm-hmm. he has at least 500 households like under his book of business. So at least 500 people. Yeah. And yeah. he, I, like if I had to guess what his salary is right now, especially because he's a VP and a manager, he's probably doing like 280 a year. And that's based on also bringing in new accounts and doing some recruiting. But that's salary mixed in with... No, so money he's the, making off his the salary is probably like one twenty. Okay, so he's making one twenty plus two eighty. Yeah, and the two eighty is all new business that he brought in, or new recruits and bonuses that he's getting. So do you do you is is wealth management like your area? Is that what you do? That's what I do. Okay, yeah. and that's what gotcha. I want to do as a career. And the thing is that like you're playing the long game. Like I had to forego essentially a year of time that I could have been earning a salary to study and take the exams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like. Like, um, Ben, your dad, did he get the seven? I mean, I think he would have had to. He was an equity analyst. He told people what to trade. Mm-hmm. Did he place trades, though? Yes, but um, he wasn't allowed to place trades on any of the stocks he was covering as okay. an analyst. Right, but that makes sense. That's the thin wall. So advisors work with analysts, then? We would work with analysts because we're going to... If we're placing clients in certain funds, we're going to have to talk and understand from the analysts their summaries of okay. the different investments that we're offering okay. or the different like funds that we're looking into. So like if, if I wanted to place you with a certain fund family, I have to like be able to also break down the expense ratios and what they're mm-hmm. most heavily weighted in and those kind of things. Like if you want in-depth analysis, I have to be able to provide that in the analyst are the ones who produce those reports. Is there such thing as an advisor who is able to do an analyst job? Or is it like solely, like is that's, it just that's called completely stock brokers at that point? Because you, if you're doing the analyst job, you're most of the time gonna be trading for your clients. But you can also be advising them on what, or like, at least like telling them they have a broker's license, so I, I could act as a broker okay, and place trades on the New York Stock Exchange and all that stuff. Mm. But do I know as much as an analyst, somebody who's gotten their CFA, CFA which is yeah, certified financial analyst? No. And that's a massive exam, and that's one that I hope I don't have to take, but a lot of people do if they mm-hmm. want it. The other one I could get is like CFP, Certified Financial Planner. Okay. That's one that a lot of people like their advisors mm-hmm. to have. 
Um, if I stay in the industry for more than three or four years, I'll probably have to go and get it. But um, it's not like a prerequisite to be successful at the job. It's just the different certifications usually designate what part of the industry that you represent or what you're a master level like skill is in. Mm -hmm. So the analysts are going to better understand like call and put option spreads and what they're doing as far as like how a hedge fund is trying to leverage their positions and get a better advantage over something like a passive index fund. They're going to be able to understand exactly how that works and break it down for you. That's not my job. My job is more to understand what a retail client needs personally, what their goals are, and then orient the strategy around them. And just be like, hey, we should put you in these kind of fun families. We should, you know, invest in stocks right now. You should focus on growth versus somebody who's like older, getting ready to retire. We want to shift their assets over to something like income. So you cover real estate too then? No, I don't cover real estate. Oh, really? Okay. No, because real estate... I mean, that's a type of investment though. It is, yeah. yeah. I could put somebody in a REIT, which is real estate investment trust. Okay. But... I'm not, I'm not a real estate agent or my real estate broker. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't deal with that, but I build a referral network of people who I trust that can do that for my clients. Okay. Cause yeah, invest, like your real estate is a big part of most people's portfolio, especially retail clients where their primary residence is probably the biggest asset they own. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have clients who might ask me like, Hey, we're thinking about buying a house, you know, we want to look in 2025 and we're going to get ready to buy around then and they might ask me questions about how much should we be saving how much should we be ready for and my real answer to them is look i'm not a real estate advisor like i'm i'm not an agent but let me connect you with somebody who is Mm -hmm. they can give you exact details and if you're saving for the down payment like i can help you invest that money so that it's growing in the Mm -hmm. meantime okay but i'm not going to be able to speak with certainty about what you're what kind of home you're going to qualify for the size of the loan that you be approved for. I can't do any of that. I can't like place them in the house. I can't sign all the mm-hmm. contract work that the agents do. So gotcha. that's, yeah, I build a referral network of friends and folks that I know and can trust. And then I try to send people to those, to those guys and kind of vice versa. Like it's a two way street where, Maybe they have somebody coming to them interested in buying property, mm-hmm. but they're not ready yet. And then they say, hey, I've got a friend who's an investment advisor. He could tell you where you can put that money so you can grow your down payment while you're waiting two, three years to get ready. So, I don't know. Kind of answer what you're asking. <laughs> Might have gone on a little too Definitely. long. <laughs> <laughs> a little long-winded. I'm just kidding. No, that's, I'm actually, that's really interesting to me. Like, I, I... I want to learn more about that, um, specifically like with real estate, like when it comes to real estate. So, yeah, yeah, trying to stake my uh, claim on some real estate as soon as possible because at least for all of history until now, owning real estate is the one thing that helps you set up uh, intergenerational wealth. Oh, it's always been your ticket to the middle class, home ownership. Yeah. I could use that ticket. You want to downgrade to the middle class? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I just want to cement my spot at least in the middle class. <laughs> Secure your spot. Yeah, you <laughs> know. I don't want to grasp too hard, but, you know, we'll see. Well, damn. There's a lot of, uh, I was just 
Speaking of the middle class, I was just listening to this um, YouTuber named JJ McCullough, and he's like a Canadian YouTuber that makes videos about civics and Canada, and also his observations of American culture. Like civics, like the the car. Or no, what no. are you talking about? <laughs> civics, <laughs> like like cultural civics. So everything that has to do with like the institutions that build uh, society. I see. So. Sorry, guys, I'm slow. I don't know what civics means. Smoked a little bit too much designer <laughs> in his day. Like, there there are people who are civics majors, and it doesn't mean they just drive Honda civics <laughs> all day. Wait. Oh, shit. <laughs> Changes a lot. That does. My C- world, civics, world view is changing in front of me. Yeah, civics to summarize is civilization. It's the study of civilization. So, anyway, JJ was doing a video, and he was talking about the differences between um it it was talking about essentially like interclass struggles so there's obviously there's the like un charter for what defines poverty and that's like you make less than two dollars a day so most most people that we interact with are not actually like poor but that's on like a universal scale there's different there's country scales probably too it's true Yeah. yeah so most of the people who you interact with who you consider poor are lower middle class. Right. And then most of the people that you probably interact with that are wealthy are not the actual uber wealthy 1%. It's the upper middle class. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing between the actual like true middle like, class. Like isn't the cutoff for upper class making at least a mil a year? I don't even think. I think household income above 250 is puts you in like the 1%, dude. No. No, it does. The 1% is, yeah, it's not, like, some crazy shit. Because you have to think about how, like, what's the median income for, like, everybody, or at least in America. It's, like, 35 oh, grand, right? Yeah, it's 140, 140, grand. 140 grand. So it's 47 grand to 141 grand is middle class. 141? Yeah, per year. So 150 is upper middle class, then? No, or uh, one fifty is one fifty is upper class. Okay, okay. What's what's the um, salary of like the one percent? What salary do you need to be in the one percent on average in the U.S.? Uh, the average annual wage of the one percent was eight hundred and twenty-three thousand dollars. It's a pretty big jump from 150. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, that's 1%. That's not even upper class. That's the tip top of the upper class. Right. And I I think that's where like the more accurate description of the middle class is like subdivided into those three sections of upper, middle, and lower. And like the middle, the true middle is called like the comfortable middle. The people who like, they have salary jobs. They have a retirement plan. They have like certain stuff in place that they know they'll be able to afford their house and like pay it off and hopefully have enough to like nest egg and retire. And in theory, be able to send their kids to school as well. It's like that, that is like the hope for the comfortable middle. They're also the people with the most social anxiety and disdain for like the lower class because they want, they want ways to distinguish themselves from the lower classes. They also are in fear of the fact that they know that they could slip back down. Yeah. Hmm. And they're constantly at the stress of trying to see if there's a way that they can break into the upper. 
So it's like the the comfortable middle typically seems to be the group of people in society with the most like social anxiety versus like the if you're lower class, you know you're not going to be on the streets, but like you're also not necessarily just like living a life of luxury. Are you saying lower mid or lower? lower? Middle. Yeah, okay. The lower middle. It's like you know, those are your folks who there are all these funny inside cultural jokes about ways to like kind of like disparage or disdain that group of people where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you sent your kids to public school or like, oh, you went to a community college or it's it's those jokes that like reign in the comfortable middle to make fun of the lower. And the lower has the same kind of mutual disdain for the college grads and all of the lame people in the middle class who are too stressed out about police or too stressed out about this or they hate drugs. You know, they're scared of drugs and, you know, authoritarian government like cracking down on them. And I was just like, I don't know. I kind of want to pitch it back to y'all and see, like... Whereas, like, upper class is like, fuck it. Have everyone else stay poor. Let's go totalitarian. Or we'll do drugs and we laugh about, like, stressing about it. Yeah. The comfortable middle worries way more about, like, their sons smoking pot than the upper class does. Yeah, because there goes the ticket to the upstairs. Mm Mm-hmm. It's big... It's anxiety about not being able to break out. Whereas I think, you know, and obviously this is a broad generalization, but I think the, like, proper lower class is probably not concerned about drug use as much either because it's almost an escape as opposed to, like, something that, you know, it's like they're not scared of going lower because they're already low. The only thing they have to lose is the roof over their head. Well, there's a quote that the... The true upper class and the true lower class are both unseen people in society you pass by like the homeless and you don't notice them or you don't think about them but you fixate on people who are in like the lower middle and talk about like you know what they do with their time or how they enjoy life or you know the blue collar jobs and stuff and it's like you you think about those things a lot you actually don't notice the people that are in the true lower class and you also don't see the people that are in the far upper class because they have their helicopters and ways to get around that skip or bypass public transportation or you know normal jet travel it's like they have private jets they're the people that are you know as much foreign to you as the poorest among you Hmm. yeah no that's that's wild interesting thought process there well i'm just curious like what what stereotypes do you think you can identify from your own upbringing that you carry with you from being in a distinct social class like thoughts about like in my mind the stereotype comes to mind of like the country club republican let me get some alcohol before i answer that (laughs) okay yo uh, could you scoop me one as well please yeah let's, let's take a let's take a pause He brought the box. He brought the rack. Right. Okay, what was the question? Feed me. Feed me. Let me crack one before we get the one so we don't have that loud, like. Is that, is, did we kill the box right there? Yeah. Fuck. 
We'll get you some. We'll get you some there, Bill. Thanks, Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. I'll make you a whiskey sour. All right, roll okay. it. We back? Yeah, we're back. We are. Okay. What is your question? My okay. My again, my question is kind of this: since we're all there, bud. Perhaps with the exception of Ben, since we're all from the comfortable middle of uh, either lower, upper, or middle, I'd like to kind of get an idea of what what like stereotypes do you have in your mind about like who represents the other classes and like often which class you are in is defined by how you imagine the classes that are both above and below you. Okay. So like I was saying, the, the stereotype of like the country club Republican <clears throat> comes to mind of like guys who in memberships at like Spurwing mm. and they go out to dinners at Ruth's Chris like weekly, you know, or they have a, a a cabin in McCall. That was like a big one for growing up around here. Yep. Where, like, in in our school, which was relatively, you know, it was a private school, and you got folks from definitely the upper middle, and then you got folks who were pretty like middle, almost lower middle as well, mm -hmm. both going to the same school. So there was a clear distinction. Like, and Ambrose did you do get scholarships? Do you know? Um, it did. Yeah, okay. it did. Okay. And so there was always that kind of question, like, were you friends with these certain people in the class just because of, like, you know, David their Wirtz. personality and who you naturally got along with? Or was it the fact that you also had this shared background of, like, oh, we vacation in Europe most years, and we have a cabin in McCall, and we were going to go up there and take the boats out and stuff, and there's a big 4th of July party we're all going to go to, you know? So, sounds like you're describing one person from your grade. No, I, no, it was a group. It was a like a class of people that were. It no, was but interesting. I'm saying there's one person in your class who is that to a T, mm. minus the trips to Europe. Maybe there were several people who had boats, at least, and like the different, the different distinguishing markers of like my family drove like a town and country to school every day that was like six or eight years old and it's like then there were the friends who showed up in the the what the yukons or like the big um suburbans suburbans yeah it was like okay like that was those were some of my first forays into like oh well, there's clearly a distinction in how we all like experience life because you, you know you're a young person i don't think you care that much in elementary school where your friends come from or what they do mm -hmm. with their time, but it becomes more and more apparent well, like as you enter middle though. school. So you kind of notice. Yeah, but. for sure. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, these guys have a full-ass full tennis court in their house, you know? <laughs> That's a little different than the mm -hmm. half basketball court I have in mine. Wow. Or the garage or, like, the, you know, the driveway hoop that's adjustable. That's a... You start to notice things like that, I yeah. think, right around middle school. No, there's, there's little things that you pick up on, for sure. Or, like, you know, our school had uniforms, which I do think in part helped to diminish how much that played a, f a role. But, like, I mean, you went to Rocky. Like, mm -hmm. 
I'm sure there were certain kids showing up in Yeezys, and then there were kids that just like looked like their, like the local youth ranch dressed them, you know. Yeah. How much of a like? How much do you think that plays a role in who your friends are like when you go to a public school? Let me rip this for half a second. Yeah. Didn't go to public school, but um just to get the conversation started mm-hmm. um i i didn't know how much my dad made and he did that on purpose yeah and class never made a difference to me like i'd show up to some some of my friends had 20 to 30,000 square foot houses some of my friends had shoe boxes and nothing ever felt weird or different about that and I don't know if that's just coming from a place of privilege, but probably is. But, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe it was just an East Coast thing, but it's like content of character, not the size of his house type vibes. Yeah. I will say, like, it was hard where you go, like, like I ran track at, like, Meridian Middle. And that was a school that was kind of, like, disparaged as being... Yeah, that's... That school really aged poorly. Kind of felt like a prison. It was really old, and it was kind of disparaged as being, like, the... Like, which neighborhoods fed (sighs) students to Rocky? It was, like, Paramount Mm -hmm. and a few others that were newer and nicer. Versus, like, Meridian was the old neighborhoods, the, like... The homes that have been there at least 20 years or older than that. Yeah. And then there was also the poorer areas of like down near downtown Meridian. Yeah. It's like Capital versus Boise High. Right. Like there there's distinctions where like the jokes you would make about like Eagle High kids is like, oh, they all like snort cocaine and they're crazy, you know. So that like those distinctions seem to take place on a school wide level. But, like, as a personal experience, I feel like it was interesting the difference between the friends I would make, like, in track running for Meridian High or Meridian Middle, and then the friends who I had at Ambrose where, like, I was used to driving all the way into Eagle if I wanted to go hang out with them versus, like, I'd be back in Meridian just hanging out with more friends who were right in the same kind of demographic as the same homes that my parents would afford, you know? So I don't know if, and and who knows? Maybe a lot of this comes from just my like well, dad's attitude, which was he always felt like a hillbilly outsider, because mm. <laughs> he grew up in West Virginia and Northwest Ohio. Yeah, and like in Northwest Ohio, I went back to Bryan, like the town he was from, and it was like there's a clear distinction, like south of the tracks. There's a certain school that everybody attended during elementary. And then north of the tracks, there were nicer houses that everybody attended, a different middle or elementary school. Then they all came together at Bryan High in the, like, once they entered high school. Yeah. And so it was, like, very clear, like, you were on one side of the tracks or the other, and those were your friends who you'd had for five, six, seven years at that point. One thing I'll say is I think our little tiny private school definitely had pretty violent ideas about who everyone was from all the other schools because our school the general mentality was like we're set apart type thing so like all the kids from eagle were like drug addict losers um and uh, 
they were too cool for school, quote unquote. And then the kids from Rocky were like partiers and like not really smart, you know, because their school is not as good. And then even the kids from the other Christian school in the Valley, it's like, well, they're Christian, but they're not as good Christian as us. And they're also not as smart. And then it was like Boise High kids were all just like hippie junkies you know what i mean it's like everyone had their idea of how to disparage the other schools so like i don't really know of anyone who went to other schools who had opinions really one way or another about other school districts i think it was just our school was so small and like self-congratulatory that you know everyone had an opinion well, I think it just bred out of, like, self-consciousness, too. For sure. I mean, and our school was so toxic that every, like, that same general mindset also carried around into socializing in our school. It was always a comparison game. So, that's why I didn't play the game. Yeah, I feel comfortable raising these questions now because I'm worried, like, oh, it's going to raise some difficult conversation between us all, but I just think, like... It's always neat to see how, like, when I went to, when I went to college and then I told people that I was from a private, that I went to a private school, I never thought of Ambrose as, like, extremely elitist or, like, very, like, exceptionally high in price. But I realized, like, it was a huge leap for the friends that I ran track with to Mm -hmm. think that they could afford to send kids to that school. Wasn't it, like, three or four K a year? It wasn't extraordinary. I think now it's almost 8 to 10K, though, per year. Yeah, we looked it up. Still, yeah. I mean, comparatively, that's pretty damn cheap. It is cheap for private education. So most people, when you say you went to a private little prep school, they think of, like, county East Coast schools. I had friends who went to prep schools for middle school where it was 100K a year in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what people kind of imagine. Right. And I remember I actually listened to... Lauren, I listened to Lauren and um, Chad, they had a conversation one time, I was in the media room, and I was talking to them, and was like, I was like, yeah, you know, I I heard they're raising tuition again, like, it's kind of rough, you know, because the friends and the parents who I knew, that for them, that was an active conversation, they were talking about how it was... It was rough, like, every time that the school would raise the prices, which I understand why they would, probably for a good reason and everything. But at the same time, like, I'm t- I am bring that point up, and both the- Lauren Wirtz and Chad's Ooh. response was, like, oh, yeah, but it's so cheap compared to the, like, East Coast. Like, this is a fucking joke, you know? And they were kind of laughing off how cheap the tuition was. Versus, like, I watched not only probably my folks, but many of the friends I had and their parents talk about how it was a real sacrifice, you know? Instead of, like, getting and replacing their current car that was falling apart, they drove it to the ground and sent their kids to school. Well, and also, I think that conversation gets a lot different, too, if you have... Because what? Your parents put, what, four kids through? Three. Three kids. That's different than two kids. You know what I mean? Like, two kids through, like, that's, you know, not horrible, not great. Um, but it was also... when we joined the school, it was at, like, two and a half K per person. Mm-hmm. 
so like obviously now they're kind of leaning into that pretentious exclusive school thing but it was it was a very different environment but i'm saying like that compounds it like i had friends who had like four sometimes five kids in the same school you know four grand for two of your kids or six grand for two of your kids for a full year not horrible but when you get up to like 10 grand for those kids you know because you have five of them not to mention all the incremental costs of having that many children (laughs) that's when it gets crazy Mm -hmm. yeah like i will say too like there was a big difference just the the perception right of like oh you went to a private christian high school like like you were saying steep steep prices on the east coast so clearly like you're from the upper class if like you sent your kids to private school my family and the families of a lot of the friends that i had in my class i think didn't have that experience they were otherwise middle class folks who just maybe put a bigger emphasis on how important sending their kids there was yeah and they were willing to make certain sacrifices to do it like that was the paradigm that i think my class still shared and then post my class and like maybe two three after that that paradigm stopped where it was like most of the people then who populated the classes of like the like the current class of like 2020 and beyond those were different parents and like a different attitude where ambrose had earned this reputation as being prestigious and having extremely high performers emerge from it they had sent kids to the academies yeah nearly every other year they they sent from my class a kid to mit and so it was like okay if you like if you want the highest performing school in the valley you got to pay for it it's it's at ambrose like that was the new attitude that i think that the school had adopted at that point and so well, it was they very also, different. i mean there's literally no one left from the og crew like it's a completely new slate over there yeah and like when when my classmates and folks grew up going through there, when we were first introduced to the school, it was like, we're dying for anyone to come and attend. Please send your kids here. Like, that was how it felt when my brothers and I first entered. When did you start? I started in third. Okay. But my brother was part of, like, a class of only seven students. Um, and he was... Let's see... I think he entered in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So just before his uh, foray into high school. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely changed. Um, well, oh, well, sorry. you could tell it was changing too because you know it's when I first started going, it was like you know Hondas and all these in the traffic circle, and then by the time I graduated, it was all like. Land Rovers, Range Rovers, Porsches, Audis. Like, yeah. <laughs> me and um, brother of person you mentioned earlier twice. I always used to cut through Banbury because the light at Eagle and Chinden was so bad. Um, so it would be backed up all the way down past the entrance of Banbury. So I'd just cut into Banbury, go through past Castleberry, and then straight across on Locust Grove Mm -hmm. and he and I were always late at the same time so either I'd be like two seconds in front of him when he pulled out of his spot or I'd be two seconds behind him but 
you know, he'd pull out in an Audi R7 or A7 or something, and I'm just chilling in my dad's old Honda Odyssey. And I remember at one point, I was trying to be friends with him because he was such a cunt that no one liked him. And I kind of pitied him because I was like, I understand what it's like to be upper class and feel like everyone's after something. But like, there's got to be more to you than this. But every time we'd sat and talked, the only thing he knew how to talk about was his watches or his dad's cars or what he like material possessions and shit. And I'm like, I don't really care about that, dude. I'm just trying to like mono a mono here you know but i remember at one point he came up to me and he's like what's your favorite car and i said g-wagon g55 probably next week he had one (laughs) no way yeah i do remember that actually but he literally used to pull up every morning i'd be like hey and he's like nice car i'm like thanks Sick, cool. What did you just prove there? Yeah, thanks. And that's I'm a glad funny thing. Bought to you that. Yeah, well, and that's a funny thing too. Is like, I have no idea what their combined income is in that family, but I'd venture to guess it's pretty stout. But like, in recent years, I've come to be aware of what my father made. It's in the same ballpark, but he drove a 1994 Nissan Altima. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you trying to prove here? <laughs> Yeah. No, I think that's... It's something crazy to observe where... Like, uh, a friend of mine drove a... Like, he he had the same income two different years. But one year, he drove, like, a Ford Focus, and the next year, he drove an Audi. And when he drove the Ford Focus, it was like, oh... Whatever. The right? funny thing is, is the Audis and Ford Focuses, like, are not too far cry from price point. No. And that was the thing. He drove the Audi. It was, I think, technically a step down at the time in price. But as he drove it around, people would, like, literally yell out the window. Like, oh, nice, daddy's money. Like, fuck you, you know? No, and that's the funny thing is you can get, like, entry-level BMWs, Mercedes, Audis for less than you'd get a Honda Civic. Yeah. And that, that's Depending the on thing model that, year, performance, spec, all that, obviously. But, like, yeah. A3s are dirt cheap. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's what's funny is watching the ways... This is kind of going back to what I was saying. Like, the ways that the, like, comfortable middle will disparage people from, like, the... What up they perceive as the upper... Or down. Yeah. It's anybody who's in class strata that's different than yours. They're the angry, like, Karen types. They can be, but it's also, like, the lower... They have their way of, like, making fun of people in the middle. And the same way, it's, like, the upper... See the, like, mockery of, like, certain folks in the middle. I'm not saying, like, everybody who's in the upper class, like, engages in this, but just the certain ideas or stereotypes you'll carry are ways to distinguish yourself. And to make clear that you don't belong to that group. Yeah, no, and that's why, I guess, growing up, I didn't... Like, there were clues or whatever, but I didn't know what class we were in, and I think my dad did that on purpose, because he was like, um, do you want people to have ulterior motives for liking you? Mm -hmm. Because I don't. 
I don't want to be a target. I don't want to be a mark. I don't want people knowing anything about me. Whereas like we lived in a town where it's like, if your first car wasn't a Mercedes or a, you know, a Porsche or something, daddy didn't love you. Like that's retarded. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious kind of, cause I don't know. I'll put so there, but like you definitely grew up in the like upper. So like what, like in what ways were you conscious of the fact that like the, the, even the idea of like, Oh, we should hide the way we could live. Right. Yeah. It's an interesting dichotomy versus like somebody who's in maybe the comfortable middle. Who's just like, I, I want to like buy a Gucci belt. Like that would be sick. Yeah. Because well, that could funny, sell me as somebody belonging. What's funny is when you get to the upper class, like proper upper class. Upper middle are the people who buy Gucci and all that shit. Upper class, it's like understated always. Like, I think the most expensive stuff my dad owned were like custom suits, but they didn't have a label. You wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, like, so what's weird is like in our town, everyone was upper class or at least appeared that way um so like i guess what really kind of the first time i realized we were upper class was when we moved here and we sold our house in connecticut for like and in my head i'm doing the math i'm like dad has been talking about living beneath his means since i was a kid and he just sold a house for what does that actually mean like and it started becoming clear to me because in the East Coast, we looked like the poor family because we lived in the same neighborhood for 14 years. And but like stepping away from our town, I was like, oh, it's not normal to be members at the yacht club, the beach club, the country club, have a beach house up the coast, a ski house up in the mountains like that's not normal. Yeah. that's when it all sort of really clicked but like I guess it wasn't ever a thing until it was a thing if that makes sense yeah like the, I think there's a weird thing around high school age where you like oh yeah you start driving a certain car or like like you get your first car and for a lot of folks like in the I th- like in the middle they're like oh I'm gonna drive some beat up old piece of shit, but I'm gonna have four wheels and an engine. That's gonna be fucking awesome. Like yeah. I'm an adult. I'm you know I afforded a car after working some you know service job down the street from yeah. my house and you know having to literally bike there or something. And now all of a sudden I just got four wheels and like I just unlocked freedom because I'm yeah. 17 years DLC old. DLC just dropped. Yeah. And now it's like you go and you, you maybe you hit on a girl in high school and you're like, oh, I've got a car. You know, it's like that's kind of the cool thing. And it's a piece of shit. But she's willing to like hang out with you because you have a car and some other loser in that same age bracket. They don't, you know, they're still like they're either not working yet or they're just, you know, they're not quite there, mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like you're driving a piece of shit. And that was like, oh, my God, like I just unlocked. Yeah. I just downloaded the new DLC. Yeah. Versus like, I don't know, come from a different strata where you're just like, yeah, of course I have a car. Yeah. I'm at this age, like my dad got me one. Like, yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> no, it's, 
it's definitely I feel like in high school is when you start to become aware of that disparity because I think that's also also programmed into you because as a little kid you don't give a shit you're friends with who you're friends and with like racism and all that shit is not an entity or a thought process for a kid and then kind of gets programmed in hmm <laughs> any profound thoughts no sick I just wanted to make sure we weren't steamrolling no you. no yeah have... this is what happens is he'll bring something up and I have to sit and like think about it for 24 hours and I get back to him okay so follow yeah, like tomorrow morning well but real quick how did how did Aubrey's girlfriend grow up like well were, do you think there were markers distinct like memories you have of being like oh like to show up and be at my friend's like like I had a friend with a country club membership and then to go golf with them. I remember my dad worked at the country club. So it was like outside in that way. Like we could go to the country club cause he worked there, but like we weren't country club people. Didn't have that member number. No, we did cause he worked there, but it was never like, See, that's a hack. Yeah, it is. And I did say, I was like, you should get them to like, get you a house in here. It'd be so much better. <laughs> be right, right next to the, to the golf course. But no, you could always tell because there were certain people who would hang around like the neighborhood pool versus the people who would specifically go to the country club pool. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, you can make it into the neighborhood, but can you make it to that club? Like, I just think it's funny how many arbitrary like separations people put into society for no apparent reason. Yeah, there's there's interesting distinctions that I think part of which are artificial where it's like. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, why do I go to press? Well, partly because my friend is the bartender. But I know that a lot of the regulars at press are different people. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm milking in part. Like, I know that my friend's going to hook me up with a discount. So I'm going to go down there and, like, I feel like I got an into this certain crowd in this space. But yeah. otherwise, maybe wouldn't be a member or wouldn't attend. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's kind of the truth is like, you can, uh, all you need to do is know someone who has that. You don't actually have to have it, you know? Yeah. I think like the, one of the, okay. One of the jokes I remember hearing, like when I was younger was, oh, I'm, uh, like, don't ever buy a boat. Just be the guy who shows up. Be the, have, a, have friend a friend with a boat. With a yeah. boat. Because then you don't have to deal with the maintenance, the headaches, all that shit. I mean... <laughs> hey, you roll up with a six-pack, you're a My hero. dad should not have owned a boat. He's not, like, a sea guy. You know what I mean? He's just a nervous driver, even on the road. But you add in the fact that the Long Island sound is, like, very rocky, randomly. He was, like, on the verge of a panic attack every time we went out. Whereas, like, I grew up sailing. Mm. So, like, I'd be fine. I used to dock the boat for us every once in a while. I hate docking though. It's it's stressful. Yeah. But like, don't be that guy. My dad sold the boat at a loss. Didn't really enjoy his time on it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what's the saying? It's like the two best days of any boat owner's life are the day they get it and the day they sell it. Mm -hmm. And then the third day is getting married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the three best days in any boat owner's life. Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting, like, um, 
like, well, even that being like a running joke, somebody who I think is like true upper, they don't necessarily like, they don't find the humor in that. They're just like the costs of owning the boat are irrelevant. So well, yeah, and you don't even have to drive it because you just hire a captain, right? And then you lease the boat out the rest of the year. So owning a boat is just a kind of a necessity of like running in the same circles, or it's, or it's just a part of life that you have access to because it ultimately doesn't make a dent. You don't care. So it's yeah. like. I mean, that's the funny thing about my dad is like his stock portfolio would go down like 1%. He'd be like, no more eating out. And we're like, me and my sister would always be like, are we like going to lose a house? What's the deal here? <laughs> he made a huge deal over everything. Yeah. That's interesting, right? It's like some, like, did your dad grow up in that strata? Lower mid. Yeah. And I think dad was in the military. Mom didn't work. I think that breeds in a certain level of like self-consciousness then where even if you were to enter the upper, you're constantly in like you're, I don't know. You're just a frugal guy. Right. But I, I think a lot of like frugality is bred from necessity. Yeah. It's rare that you develop frugal habits from just a certain attitude. Yeah. Of like, oh, even though I have it, like, I'm I'm just going to pretend like I don't, you know? Yeah. No, and honestly, like, that's something to be said. I think you and I have said this before, but it's like, spend how you did at your brokest when you're young. Even if your salary goes up or whatever, keep that spending low. Maybe you splurge here and there for a nice little vacation or some experience or something, but, like, never really change your spending habits. Also, uh, I'm just reading the room. We're at a minute or an hour and 37 minutes. I say we just call it because Aubrey's girlfriend hasn't said shit in 30 minutes. Aubrey's girlfriend was ready for bed three hours ago. Oh, my gosh. Aubrey's girlfriend. Thanks for coming on regardless of that. And Bill, Bill looks like he's about ready to snuggle up and go to bed, too. So I think we've hit the end. Yeah, this is end of the road doa right now so anyway uh thanks for joining us this has been that's tough everyone sign off yeah please uh dislike unsubscribe yep make sure to hit that um don't share this yeah don't share it with any of your friends please like we can't be having people listen to this obviously it sucks yeah it's really bad but we're out here. We're making it. How am I supposed to go off of that? Just say, just just keep, say bye. Keep to the people. Yeah, say Thank goodbye. Thank you, everyone. I had such a lovely time. Good. That's all I've got. We'll bring bye. Back. <laughs> bye. <laughs>